welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who need just a little bit more. We're two friends, Jason and Steph, and we aren't quite ready to sleep on all things pop culture. Welcome to Kick-Ons, because the party's not over. The night is young, no we're not done. Party back at ours, everybody's welcome to the Kick-Ons. You're welcome. Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after party for people who want just a little more. Cheers. We can actually um, tell people what we're drinking yeah. today. This is a Parrot Dog Hazy IPA. Tina. Kick-Ons, sponsored by Tina. <laughs> I met a Tina once. You sold me a Tina and I was like, oh my God, you've got the same name as the beer. Are you said, joking? No. Oh, oh no, I do know the story. It was story. Tina at New World. Nice. Yeah. I love so that. shout out to Tina. <laughs> that was the beer, not the New World yeah. one. She didn't like my joke. No. Well, fair enough. She works at a railway station, New World. It would be really intense. Yeah, yeah. Especially when people are like, like reading your name tag. Oh, okay. So night. I went to a, the Newtown New World just before. Yeah. And Liv, which mm. was the name tag Liv was wearing today. Um, I was like, do you always wear a different name tag? And she was like, no, I just changed my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I was like, I can't tell if you're kidding right now, Liv, but I swear yesterday you weren't a Liv. Oh, well, maybe. A Liv? Yeah. <laughs> you were dead. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a dead joke. Thank you. I'll see myself out. Should we um, I'll be... never see my children. Thank you. <laughs> Should we be transparent and tell the listeners that this is the third podcast we've recorded this week? No. Okay. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? Great. Good. I think because I've had... Um, I didn't drink on Monday, I didn't drink on Wednesday, and I didn't drink on Thursday. (laughs) And are they usually drinking days for you? I have wine. (laughs) There's a a, um, party happening this Monday for at Parrot Dog, like a hospo party that we're all invited to. Are you going? Yeah. Well, every time I ask someone, are you going to go, everyone's response is, Oh, well, it'd be rude not to. <laughs> it's just around the corner from my house. It'd be rude not to, oh. eh? I'm like, you guys are going to be wasted. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'll come. It's just around the corner from my house. Yeah, but you're not here. On Monday. Yeah. I'll be back. Okay. Do you work in hospo? Yes. <laughs> okay, you can go. I'm hospitable. <laughs> Gorgeous. To the boys. Um, <laughs> yes, you are. What's up? Not much. We've got a guest with us today. We do have a guest with us today. This one's been a long time coming. It has been. It has been. We've been working on this for years. We, actually- <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't know it. <laughs> so true. We just didn't know it. Um, I'll tell the listeners a little bit about our guest. And then I'm going to ask our guest if she can remember how we met. You two? Yeah. Okay, cool. Our guest today is a performer, writer, yoga teacher, and now a podcaster. She launched That's So Chronic earlier this year, a podcast that explores its guests' personal stories of illness, treatment, and daily life with a chronic illness. It's an informative and captivating look at living with the challenges and small wins that come with chronic illness. She is an old friend of ours. 
Yay. And we are so excited to welcome Jess Ryan to kick off. Oh, yay. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome. Um, Jess is from the Deep South, as I am. Yes. Yeah. Wait, Deep? Timaru is Deep South? No. <laughs> Personal jinx locked. I'm the only one's allowed to talk for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Have fun. Oh, Have fun carrying yeah. this on your own. Easy. Um, <laughs> no. She's actually from Fairley, which oh, is, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Too. Where is that? That is... Hop, skip and a jump? Basically. Yeah, it's like close to Timaru, where you're from. Yeah. Do they know you're from there? They can still yes, come out. Yes, they do, they do. What's <laughs> the postcode in Fairly? 7987. You're There's actually it. multiple postcodes. There's only 900 people that live there, but there are multiple postcodes. Whoa. Really? Because it's all farmers, so it's all spread out. So they're like, I'm not sharing a postcode with that, with a dairy farmer. <laughs> exactly. Said the sheep and beef farmer. <laughs> exactly. <Beef. laughs> oh, dairy. Yeah, yeah. Dairy, dairy and beef. beef. Yeah. One is meat, one yeah, is milk. Yeah, it took yeah. me a second. Are you family farmers? Yeah, oh. they are. Yeah. Meat or milk? Meat. <laughs> How did they take you? Are you vegan? How did they you take vegan? you seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I think I became vegetarian when we moved to the farm because oh. it was probably like lots of home kills or... I don't know. I just didn't like. It's, I, it's it's not. Oh, this is going to sound terrible, but I don't eat. I don't not eat meat for the animals. I just really don't like the taste of it. Yeah. Wow. That is why I stopped eating meat too. It yeah. started making me feel really sick. Yeah. Um. I don't like the texture. Yeah, it's, that's that's why. But also now we're really grateful because you're saving the planet. Exactly. Yeah, it's a byproduct of your vegetarianism. Yeah. But I was thinking maybe our friend Marcus introduced us. Do oh, you think? Maybe. Yeah. Or did we meet at drama school? Maybe. But or did we, we meet before? I don't know. Oh, but yeah, dear friend Marcus. I know, it annoys me because I just like think about how much he would love our podcast and oh, your podcast. And he would be so good on the podcast yes. as well. Yes, and he I could have done all the imagery. So hot. He was Even hot. He was hot. Him, I just had the like, biggest crush on him. <laughs> so great. He would have had a big crush on you too, probably. Wow, well, nothing. It never uh, happened, you know? He wasn't like comfortable with himself really when we were hanging out the most yeah like in who in his sexuality i guess i remember one time walking in christchurch and just like turning up at his house Mm. there was like a party at his house and i like climbed through his window was it my house because i lived with marcus in yes yeah i lived there (laughs) i got so good at sleeping at that flat because i lived with djs and oh my god every night when the ducks closed our house would be with us where the kick-ons yes. <laughs> and they had DJ decks in the living room and my room was right next to it and I would just sleep through the whole thing and I remember being woken up at like 4am one night to my housemate come in and he'd written up on like an envelope or something this contract and he was like if you let me and my friends party for a long time tonight <laughs> I will do all of my dishes plus two favours or something oh. and I like, he like woke me up and I had to sign this envelope <laughs> I love that have energy. You, like taking out the favors? No, I haven't. So actually. this is a public. This is a public call service out. announcement. Yeah. Emerson, I'm coming for those favors. Well, you are moving back to Christchurch. Yeah. I am. Does he still live there? I think he's moved back there. Yeah. Oh, get 
Cash them out. Yep. Cash them in. Everyone's heading back to the deep south. Yeah. Which is what we're calling everything in yes. the South Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Anything it is. south of Wellington yeah. is the deep yeah. south. Yeah, and we just, just sort of look at it and go deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you went to the same drama school as us, NASA, yes. in Christchurch. The Academy. <laughs> the Academy. Is, is. Year group were you in? I was year one when you guys were year three. Okay, cool. So she thought we were incredible yeah. until yeah. she got to know us. I was so in awe of you guys. <laughs> I remember probably on our, like our first week, I remember you singing. Definitely. What? I don't know what you sang, oh. but I remember just being like, oh, my God, he is amazing. Such a show off. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Like, I don't know if I'm amazing anymore. Yeah, you are. Yes, you are. Of course Bridget you are. Bridget thinks so. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you enjoy your time in ESSA until the end when you got some bad news and your life changed forever? Yeah, I did enjoy it, but I didn't enjoy it. Like, definitely by year two, I was ready to quit and just didn't want to be there anymore. But for the life of me, I can't remember why I didn't like it. I think, oh yeah, I don't know. It was just, I it's a really full-on experience. It is. And especially straight out of high school. That's a lot to, I mean, it's full-on days as well. Like from 8.30 a.m. you're there and you don't finish till 5.30. Yeah. And it's just a lot of singing, acting, dancing, triple three. <laughs> <laughs> I think also, like, in our year group anyway, there were um, a lot of, there was a lot of time spent on certain people okay. and not a lot of time spent on other people. And it was very obvious ah. and very clear. And I like, there's no way you can enjoy three years of like being in the background. Yeah. When you've like come to a school to learn how to like stand out or like, you know. Wow, that is so profound of you. That's so interesting. Yeah. I think our year was. I mean, it's true. I'm yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. And I I don't think that I was one of the people that got ignored, to be honest. And I. No. No. Like, I, but I, you can clearly see it and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Except well, drink. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because when I look back, I just like think of the good times that we all had and it's mainly like social things or yeah it's not like or doing 9 a.m ballet class <laughs> yeah although some of them were great yeah. hi Gemma that's when I found out Gemma Kearney's middle name <laughs> I like Gemma was your ballet teacher girl we, we did everything. everything before us she was just Gemma Kearney <laughs> yeah. and then to us after us she was Gemma Monique <laughs> <laughs> I think for me in our year, we didn't have those problems because we were the earthquake year. And so the earthquake happened and then we were the next intake. So there was only like yeah, there were 15 many. of us in the year group. And so everything was just really small. You know, our musical was really small. Everyone had quite equal opportunities, yeah. I think. Mm, that's so quite good. You went from going, thinking that you were going to leave, quit, give it up. And, like, how did you end up being a performer from that? So, I th I don't know. Well, obviously, I stayed because it's all I know. There's not, I can't do anything else. Like, that was it. All, all my eggs were in the one basket. Yeah. Uh, and I think me and my best friend at NASDA, Josh Johnson, we just stuck together. And I remember there was this one day where... 
uh, there was a spider on my Facebook feed. Like someone had shared a photo of a spider, which we will now say the S word because even just saying the word is too much for me. Okay. And I was like, Josh, you have to get rid of this S word that's on my phone. Like just delete it. Like unfriend the person. I don't want to be friends with them anymore. And and he didn't because he's like my little brother at the time. <laughs> he didn't. He just enla- like made it bigger Aww. and gave it back to me. And I just threw my phone across the room and I didn't talk to him for the whole dance class. <laughs> and then I didn't talk to him for all of lunch either. And everyone was just like, what is going on? Because we were just stuck together through all of NASDA. And I just I was like, what do I do without Josh? And then we just <laughs> came back together and we were like, okay, we can do this together. I will stick it out. Well, that is a full scene into song. Yeah. Right? And then we both burst into song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh and I did um, performance prac together, yes. song and dance, and we did Bop to the Top from High School Musical Oh, my too. God, that is yes. so good. That is so good. I love that. Yeah. We, yeah, imagine if you didn't talk to me for a whole class. Yeah, like it's not fun. Did that ever happen? No. I don't know. I don't think we fought ever. Nah. Not until we grew up. <laughs> We're I fighting right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think we've had like one fight that I can remember. Which was recently. Was oh, it? No. Well, in the last two years. No. I wasn't thinking that. Oh. What was it that fight? At Moon. When we moved in here. Oh, yeah. That was a fight. Okay. We've had two fights that I can remember there. Oh. What was the other one? At, in Sydney. You'd lost oh, that. You're ready to lose that. Wasn't you, no, no, that wasn't Neither you, though. No, no. That wasn't you. Neither of them were me, actually. Um, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> How about don't get a boyfriend? <laughs> uh, okay. I, I missed my case. Thank you very much. No. Um, I just wanted us to come back here and have a cute night. Yeah, I know. You know? Sorry, I was yeah. the S-word. Yeah, you were yeah. the S-word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... You were in your third year mm-hmm. and you were diagnosed with MS. Yep. Tell us about that. Like just the literal diagnosis and. Yeah. So how that all started was I was in a singing lesson with Ange. Bless Shout her out. soul. Shout out. She's definitely listening. <laughs> so I was in a singing lesson and then I just started crying, which is not uncommon for singing lessons. You know, True. Like yes. They're therapy. kind of, yeah, they're, they're essentially therapy and you're being quite vulnerable. So I don't think Ange thought too much of this random crying. And then she sort of asked me a few more questions and I was like, Ange, I can't see out of one eye. And I just been living that whole day with, the vision in my right eye pretty much being completely gone. It was kind of like a big gray cloud was right in the center of the vision. And so then she was like, well, you really should go get that checked out. So I drove myself to my optician, which like, how was I even driving? (laughs) And I drove there and then they were like, oh, look, it could just be a migraine. So just go home. This was a Friday. So he was like, sleep it off for the weekend. And then if you're not any better by Monday, give us a call and we'll refer you to someone else. And so Monday rolled around and it was, it had gotten worse. And I, the, the gray cloud was a lot bigger. And then, so I rang them and I was like, oh, this isn't, hasn't gotten better. And uh, what do I do? Mm. And so they tried to refer me to an ophthalmologist who couldn't see me until two Thursdays time. And in amongst all of this, we're rehearsing for Spring Awakening, which was our third year musical at the Court Theatre. And (laughs) it was like so full on with rehearsals and 
I was still attending them and still like, what is going on with my eye? And then my mum rang her optician and was like, my daughter's 21. She's lost vision in her right eye. She has been told she has to see an ophthalmologist, but they can't see her for two weeks. And he was like, oh, I'll see what I can do. Rang her back and was like, yeah, oh, no, I think then the ophthalmologist rang mum and was like, we'll see her at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. And she was like, why so soon? And mm. he was like, she's 21 and she can't see out of one of her eyes. Like, that's actually a pretty big deal. So they saw me before they started their clinic for the day. Wow. And they did, like, this test that they can do and they diagnosed optic neuritis, which can only ever be eye flu. is <laughs> kind of how they described it to me. Or it can be... MS, multiple sclerosis. And so then they refer you for an MRI to because that's the easiest way for a diagnosis to happen is if you've got lesions on your brain scan. So they sent me for an MRI. We actually paid to get that MRI privately so that I could get it the next day. And then once you're in the in the system, you you can move a lot faster through the mm-hmm. public health system. And so yeah, I got that done. And as I was waiting for the results, Josh and I performed Bop to the Top. <laughs> and then that afternoon, I think I got the results and they were like, okay, we need you to come into the clinic. And so the ophthalmologist, Dr. James, he said, you know, oh, we've had a look at the results and we think it's MS. And so because I'm fiercely independent, I just wanted the news on my own. So my mum and dad were in the waiting room. And then he was like, do you know anything about MS? And I'm like crying immediately. And I'm like, yes, Sarah Potts yes. has it at the moment on Charlotte Street. <laughs> and then I just fling open the door to the waiting room and I'm just bawling my eyes out. My poor parents, like the things I put them through. Because that probably wasn't a fun way to know yeah. that it was MS. They would have preferred the ophthalmologist to give the news. Like, oh, I'm but Sarah Potts. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's wow. kind of how all of that happened crazy and then of course like you see a neurologist straight after that and they actually can diagnose you with ms so the way that it works is that you need to have well especially to get treatment in new zealand you need to have two relapses documented and because i'm an oversharer <laughs> i had everything online of when weird things happened to me and so my friend jade was able to search her facebook history and she had all these messages from me being like oh can you just call me because it feels like i'm paralyzed i can't use my hands at the moment it hurts to type or wow. like oh i really weird like i kept falling over in jazz today and it was so bizarre but i'm off to physio and things like that like it was all written down so the neurologist was able to paint this picture. Wow. And get you straight through to yeah, being treated? Kind or? of, yeah. And so this was probably August, September. My MSversary is the 13th of August is when I celebrate. Nice. With nachos. Great. <laughs> because when I was like so, uh, just so, you know, worried and down, Mum must have been like, what What can we do? Like, how can we help you? And I'm like, I just want to go and get nachos. So we went and got nachos. <laughs> Very dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, and then um, you can start treatment, but the treatment that they wanted me to go on, because my MS was so aggressive, um, 
the treatment that they wanted wasn't actually being funded by Pharmac, New Zealand's drug buying company, until the following year. So the funding went through in November, I think. And by March, when I'd moved up to Wellington, I started the treatment up here. Wow. And so, yeah, that was like August, September, and then our musical must have been October or November. And, you know, we're doing this musical with people directing and musical directing that are the people that are booking the professional gigs in New Zealand. And I'm just like, well, I'm never going to work again. Like, they just watch me be so sick. How did you, like, sit in the news? Um, well... I, it was so public, really. So yeah. it was sort of, I didn't have much choice but to tell everyone at NASDA and just move through it. And I remember being just so upset and so confused about what the future was actually going to hold now. Mm. And I just had some really good friends that yeah. really pulled me through all of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty tough. Because that's like two massive things happening at the same time. Yeah. Finishing... Uh, somewhere you've been for three years and putting everything yeah. into it. And as you say, working with these people who you're trying to impress because yeah. they <laughs> might give you a job. And did you, looking back, do you think you took some time to like sit in it or it was just more go, 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 and then you finished? I definitely took time to sit in it because I remember turning up to the Antigua flat. I don't know if you, did you guys ever go to the Antigua to give a flag. Mm. Zach, Jess, and Emily all lived there with Ollie. Oh, there was many maybe. a party there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there was a party <laughs> happening, and I just remember turning up, bawling my eyes out, and just oh. Emily having to hug me on her bed while everyone's like partying around me. So I definitely didn't just push through and carry on. Like, I remember being really upset and just sitting in there and like I'd turn up to dance classes and I wouldn't be able to walk and I'd just have a crutch and then I'd just sit there and watch so I yeah I didn't push through Mm. as such but yeah I don't think I sat in it for a very long time I think it comes in waves when you're diagnosed with something I remember going out for coffee with one of the MS society like field workers and uh, she would never remember that this happened but I remember it (laughs) to the sentence of the letter and she was like well you better make the most of going to your tap class because you won't ever be tap dancing again and I was just like and I think that's why it was a blessing and a curse being diagnosed at NASDAQ because it is a family whether it's a dysfunctional incestuous family (laughs) or not and I was able, you know, like after that moment, I went back and I was just crying in one of the acting studios, but there were always people around. Yeah. Definitely the people helped a lot. And there's varying degrees of MS. Yeah. Right? Everyone's sort of journey is. Yeah. MS is completely different for every patient. Mm. So there's not like one textbook, this is how MS will look for you. It all kind of. It kind of depends where the lesions are in the brain and on the spinal cord, perhaps. Like, that's not, even that's not textbook either. You could have a lesion and it not affect you at all. Um, But they can generally get some sort of idea of where the lesions are and how that might affect the body. Um, Should I explain what MS is and what these lesions are? Yes. So... 
because it's so normal for me, but I realize that people (laughs) have no idea. So what it is, is essentially the immune system is just really excited and overeager and it's eating the myelin sheath. And so the myelin wraps around the central nervous system, kind of like um, a wire, like, like a copper wire has that I don't know, plastic? Yeah. Oh, yes, is yes. Like Everything is rubber. plastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like casing around it. And so the immune system is nibbling away at that, and that's that part is what comes up on a brain scan. So that's the lesion. Mm. And so because of that, when messages are going through the central nervous system, because there's now the speed bump there or this pothole, it's now the message gets a little bit skewed. Yeah, <laughs> and so like... I could go, oh, I'm going to pick up this glass, but maybe the message like goes like this and I just miss the glass or yeah. I miss my mouth a lot. That's the biggest one <laughs> for uh, me. So do I. No nachos, no more nachos. <laughs> so the treatment they put you on is trying to fill in potholes? No. So different MS treatments can do different things. So the one that I was put on originally and was on for five years was a drug called Tysabri or natalizumab. And what that is doing is that's putting a barrier around the brain so that no immune system can get in. Therefore, it can't eat any of the myelin in the brain, but also um, that makes you a bit more susceptible to getting a brain disease because there is no immune system in there if anything Mm. happened. And so because of that, uh, they test you every six months just for the blood test to see if you have a virus. So there's been a virus in my <laughs> life before the coronavirus, um, and it's called the JCV, and they can only test that in Denmark, which I've offered to go to De- I'll just go to yeah. De- like Let's cut out the middleman. Yeah. I'll just go to Denmark and be tested there. Um, and I've always been negative for that virus which is good and so if you've got that virus like you guys could have the virus and not know until you're like 150 years old no immune system still (laughs) thriving still doing (laughs) kick-ons and then suddenly you could develop this brain disease called pml and that is quite sinister and it can change your personality and there is a 40 percent mortality rate if you do have PML and and can leave you really severely disabled um, and quite fast. So, yeah, they always check for that. Mm. Um, So that's kind of what that treatment's doing. I see. Yeah. Cool. So you um, discover that you have MS, Mm -hmm. you finish up your degree. Yeah. And then you decide that you want to continue with performing? Yeah, well, first I remember lying in bed in so much pain, couldn't really walk, and I rang my mum and dad and I was like, I'm going to do my yoga teacher training (laughs) next year in Wellington. And they're like, oh, my God. (laughs) What are we going to do with Jess? Get her nachos. (laughs) Yeah. And so, yeah, I just came up to Wellington and did my yoga teacher training, actually, and then wasn't really auditioning for things. Or if I was, it was like, I did a couple of kids shows here, things like that. But treatment really knocked me back for that first year. It took me quite a while to get used to it in my body. And back then infusions at the hospital were every four weeks. So it didn't give you much time. Like I was realizing that it was actually the treatment that was going to stop me from getting a contract for something mm. because I'd always have to be in hospital. Yeah. And then it's really unpredictable. Like, oh, maybe it's not, I'm not going to feel that good afterwards or I need time off and yeah, so I did yoga teacher training and that 
I worked here as a yoga teacher for like a year after that, for like probably all of 2016. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. And did you, were there moments where you like couldn't or were you kind of used to it all and... Yeah, there were moments where I was really messy, but it would never mm. stop me from doing it because the beauty about doing your yoga teacher training is you realize you don't have to be very good at yoga. <laughs> That's not what yoga's about. Um, so, yeah, that was fine. I love that. And then you started busking? Is that how? Yeah, what was that progression? Yeah. So, there's a really thriving circus community in Wellington. Yes. Um, there's a really great space called the Circus Hub in Newtown where people can train and they've got classes. And I just, um, I sort of was already connected with these people because I had worked at the World Buskers Festival in Christchurch straight mm. out of drama school. Like, there was a summer job just in front of house for one of the venues. And I'd met all these people and I was like, oh, I'm going to move to Wellington. Like, let's connect. And I was just hanging out with them and I came up with this idea. So I pitched it to the World Buskers Festival in Christchurch and they accepted me to do a roving character. And that's when I had, like, I started working in this sort of industry. And then I had been practicing juggling. I'd learned how to juggle by then. And so I remember having drinks with some of the performers and they were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm going to be a professional juggler. And they just laughed. And my friend, really good friend now, he looked at me and he was like, you are not a juggler. And I was so just horrified at that. I was like, you don't know me. I'm going to practice. You don't know me. Yeah. And then he was like, no, 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 Jess, you're a clown. And that I hadn't learned about clowning. I didn't. We didn't do that at NASDA. And so I wow. had no idea. I was just going to ask, were you ever around when there was the Circo Arts No, no. Oh. Oh. So when we were in our first year, there was a Circo Arts yes. course in a very similar building. So we didn't do- <laughs> I just opened a beer for anyone who listened to Astrology. the Hair Astrology Part 3 episode. <laughs> Apparently there's a lot of I think it's partly your nails. What am I going to... Okay, so, <laughs> sidebar, yeah. you're the second person who's had an issue with my nails after the person at Bailey Nelson would not teach me how to put on oh. contact lenses because they were worried that I would stab myself in the eye and that then I would sue them. <laughs> it's like, bitch, I'm just trying to see, and you know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Okay, tell us about clowning. Oh, yeah, and so then I took myself off to Canada, to Montreal, to do a cl- to go to a clown school there. I remember I'm getting treatment every four weeks. So yeah. I didn't have very long that I could be overseas before having to come back. Oh, you come oh. back here every four weeks? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, especially back then when I was just sort of new on the treatment. Wow. So I might have pushed that one to five weeks so that I could be over there for four weeks. And I did this course um, <clears throat> and it was all in French and I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> I, love your I can't speak French, but I was sitting there. And yeah, because the clowns it's talk. movement. It's well, right. they can do if you want to. Like clowning can be anything, and um, the type of clowning that I was trained in is like Philippe Gollier style. So uh, he's the beautiful clown master uh, that his class is just out of Paris in France, and he kind of just has this style where the tutors will just yell insults at you or just, like, tell you your <sighs> kind of like shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, like, to the next level. <laughs> You're like, 
like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Joke's on you. Yeah. yeah. So I did that one in Montreal and then after the following year I went to another place in the States and did another clown training there. That time it was in English. So that was <laughs> <laughs> I met some great friends and kind of um, I it was probably there at the Celebration Barn in Maine where we were sitting around the campfire and I was most likely extremely drunk. And I said to this guy um, and who has actually since passed away. So it was quite special. And I said to him like, oh, I really want to do a street show, but I don't have anyone to do it with. And I'm not, I'm not able to do it on my own because I don't have any tricks. And he was like, you do like, I watched you do your, do your stuff out there. Like you can do this. Absolutely. And so that kind of inspired me a little bit more. And I went to another festival, but I was just working at this festival. But my friends were all doing street shows there. And then I just started going out for breakfast with my friends and they would give me little notes and go like, go watch this person's show and watch how they started or watch how this person asks for money or watch like just all this like homework, I guess. And then I came back to New Zealand and it was probably three years ago this month or last month. I did my first street show on the streets of Auckland and it was terrible. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say terrifying. <laughs> it was both, yeah. Whoa. And that's how that kind of all started. And, and then you just started hitting up festivals around. Yeah. So you kind of just grind on the street and there's this sort of saying, you know, like 10 shows and you're off your probation period and then you've got to do 100 shows before anyone will take you seriously. Oh, my goodness. Cool. Yeah, and the beauty of it is that you can just do a show whenever you want to, wherever, within reason, wherever you want to. You don't have to wait for someone like a director to book you and put you on. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been doing it ever since. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. So where were you last that wasn't New Zealand? Australia. Okay. Yeah, so not very exotic. No. Australia. (laughs) (laughs) And you were doing shows over there? Yeah, I was in Adelaide for the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Yes. Yeah. And then how when was the realisation like, oh, I might have to come home and this So COVID COVID was kind of already starting when we were there, um, but it hadn't hit South Australia yet, so no one really knew. Friends apparently fucking gossip as well. Apparently, it's amazing. You would love it. Yeah, it is. So, without offending any other festival, it is my favorite festival in the world. And like, I started going five years ago, and I was like, every I will be there every year. Until I die. Like, yeah. I'm obsessed with yeah. it. It just breaks my heart that I won't be able to be there this yeah. year. So. But anyway. It's okay, Zoom. Yeah, I'll just Zoom into everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so you made the decision to come here. Yeah, so me and my partner Jonas were there. And um, I actually had gone through some really major brain drama, which is probably a story for another day because it's so huge and just a lot. A lot. <laughs> um, so... Jonas had actually already maxed out all of his visa for New Zealand. He's from Sweden, for those listening at home that don't know who Jonas is. Um, So he'd already maxed out his New Zealand visa. And so we weren't really too sure whether he could even come back into the country because we had only been gone for five weeks. But then we just, the borders we knew were going to close. You had to quarantine already, like if you entered the country. So we just both um got on the next flight out of Australia really 
and then we landed in Christchurch and they didn't say anything. So we just yeah. walked in. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how that all started with COVID. Yeah, crazy. And we will talk more about the podcast soon and mm-hmm. the journey from that to that. But I think we need to hear what your life of the party is. Oh, my life of the party. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I've had a little bit of time to think about this. So Since episode one? Yes, yeah. since episode one. So I think that my life of the party is something that I've been doing all year, since literally since the 1st of January. Great. Which you might not know about me. But I have been watching a documentary every week for Love the whole this. year. So I think I'm at like 47. Documentary? No, no like just a documentary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what one's it going to be? <laughs> I really know a lot about that. Yeah, imagine. Okay. A different documentary every week. Yeah, yeah and so guess. that's like kind of changed my life. So that's actually my life of the party. I love that. That is so amazing. So do you – okay, so last night yeah. I was in my room and – I was a bit stoned okay. and I started on a YouTube spiral, which I don't oh. do very often because it takes ages and I get addicted. Yeah, yeah. But I was on the Vice um, yes. documentaries yeah. and I watched so many, many documentaries. Yes, amazing. It started with me being like, why? Because this is my high brain being like, why do the women in, I think Myanmar, wear the golden oh, braces yeah. around oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, why do they do that? Yes. I don't understand. Typed that in and went on this Vice <laughs> documentary hole. I think I love documentaries and I don't oh, know. Wow. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy yeah. about that. What's your go-to, your fave? Yeah, okay. So there's a, there's a few. I can't just pin it down. There's yeah. like a few. So Jonas has been doing it with me, but we're not going to talk about Jonas's favourites because he's not on the podcast. So yeah. that's my one. <laughs> so <laughs> we, so I guess a shout out to Disclosure that you guys yeah, shared on yeah. Chacon's pod on Instagram. So that should be like, I recommend everyone watch that. And I think if not that, but a version of that needs to be shown in schools yeah. for every human that exists. It's I just think it's really important. Very like basic rundown. I think even people who don't occupy queer spaces mm-hmm. would be, would understand a bit more about trans people if they watched yeah. that and just like the language and all that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. But the so, Ventura shit, oh my God, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, yeah, so that is definitely a recommendation. And then in line with the podcast, it is obviously talking about chronic illnesses and disabilities and injuries. Um, There is Crip Camp on Netflix, which is produced by Netflix and the Obamas. Great. It's fantastic. And that follows a summer school camp in America because back in the, I assume it was like, the 60s or the 70s, um, disabled children weren't allowed to go to these summer camps. And so they created one where they were like, anyone and everyone can just come to this summer camp. Oh and it's God. so beautiful. I love it. And then it really shows the um, like revolution, I guess, of the disabled rights in America because they had to fight so hard just to get wheelchair access, for yeah. example, to places and Ooh. to have access to public transport and that wasn't around and that didn't exist so that's a good watch and rising phoenix have you heard of that that follows a bunch of paralympians and oh my god it was so amazing i don't know how anyone watches 
just the Summer Olympics now, not the Paralympics, because the Paralympics are so amazing. They are so amazing. Yeah. You like, like Sophie Pascoe? Yeah. She is incredible. This, yeah. How? And I think it really shows like mind over matter. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I And love, just that you yeah. can do anything. Like there's yeah. nothing stopping you. Have you seen Wild Wild Country? Oh, no, I haven't. It's a series, a oh, documentary okay. series. Do you like, are you into cult kind of stuff? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, so I'll put good. That it's so, so good. Like, I've been thinking recently I want to rewatch it all. Oh, okay. Um, I've also been on a spiral recently, and I've done this, I do it regularly, but just videos about Scientology. Oh. And, like, Leah Remini talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I was talking today to a client about um, Tom Cruise. Yes. And how, like because we were talking about oh the undoing and like oh, Nicole Kidman yes. it's like isn't it weird that Nicole Kidman just like never gets to see her even kids. they're like yeah. oh, wait, they're adopted kids yeah yeah never gets to see them because still of Scientology yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I was like I, can't, I don't know if they're yeah still her kids but yeah never gets to see them Scientology I know Crazy. well they um oh there's a term for it there's a special term for people who leave and the way that the people in still ignore them. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Another documentary series that is an HBO one, but it was on Neon, is McMillions. So good. Oh, I love my it. God. It's I changed love it. my life. Like, that that inspired me to be like, I want to study journalism now. Like, I just, I'm obsessed. But not even just obsessed with the story, but obsessed with the filmmakers and how they yeah. must have just uncovered this. <laughs> yeah. Is that it's about the, the Monopoly yeah, scam yeah. Yeah. at McDonald's? From 1989 to 2001. No legitimate winners of yeah. the McDonald's Monopoly game. It, it was all a scheme. and the, But the best part is definitely the FBI agents, uh, like, creating a fake film crew to go in so and, good. like, interview them all and get it all on camera and how into it they got. Have you listened to the podcast? Yes. Oh, so good. So, so good. the filmmakers, one of them was just, like, on Reddit or something and just read this information and was like, what the fuck? Like, I've got to know everything about this. (laughs) And did a Google and there was only one newspaper article in like the Jacksonville Times or whatever. And he was like, why? And then went (laughs) and contacted the government to be like, I want this information. Can you release it? And it took like a year or two years for the information to be released to him. And then once he got it and he read through, he was like, whoa, there's a story here. And yeah, and no well, one no, is this talking is to about it. To make the documentary, not the, like this is the documentary maker. Yeah, yeah, but he got the info, being like, "We are the winners." Like, as in I- the FBI had finished the case, and um, it was in the public domain. Yeah. Like, you could request these files, what? but no, but one, no one had talked about it. And so then he finally, after another year, got permission to actually speak to the FBI agents, and once he got to them, they were like, we've been waiting. Yeah. Why has no one made a movie about this? <laughs> it's okay. crazy. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. Oh, so that's my life of I love party. it. And a peak too soon. Oh, so I really wanted to try and think of something witty or nice. just a little bit quirky, but mm-hmm. I just couldn't. And there, <laughs> the peak too soon just has to be COVID-19. Like, get out, get in the bin. (laughs) I'm so over it. But there is a very particular reason why I hate the coronavirus. Okay. And that is because (laughs) at this point of the year, I should be about, I don't know, 21 episodes deep into... Love Love Island Island, UK. (laughs) 
<laughs> so true. Were they not going to try and do it? Or has it just not been spoken about? You were like... <laughs> this is so into love island so that she has like private group messages she'll put on her instagram stories like anyone keen to join the love island chat like oh and got you. a good group of people yeah. here will you just discuss love island yeah yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah, oh, yeah. That sucks. um they could have easily done it though they I could know. have yeah just everyone get a covid test if they've done the Quarantine. bachelor bachelorette yeah. and Think about this. They could have easily had a spin-off where they um, do like a circle of the, the the people from the island in quarantine and they <gasps> film them in quarantine. They also get <gasps> to chat to each other. Getting to know each other before they get there. But without actually getting to see each other. There we go. Oh, my gosh. Come ITV. on, ITV. We've done it. <laughs> Do you watch any of the others? Did you watch, did you watch the Australian one? <laughs> no, I didn't. But, you know, it's getting desperate. I Ooh, could do it. I think you should watch it. It's not the same, but yeah. it's pretty good. Do you watch the UK? Version? I have I have in the past. What, I think what? Danny and Jack were the one that I oh, was the most into. I haven't to. watched that one. <gasps> I'm still a newbie and I'm only just re-watching some of the series. Oh, I think you should watch theirs. Is that, so... that must be season four, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I'm a really big um, Towie fan. The okay. only way is Essex and I still watch it. And so... A lot of the Love Islanders eventually come on to tell me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and then I'm Googling. I'm like, oh, who were they paired with oh and all that God. stuff? It's are there any so couples good. that are still together? Oh, yeah, there's loads. Oh, wow. Yeah, Molly Mae and Tommy Fury. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obsessed with yeah. Molly Mae. I just think she's so amazing. <laughs> Isn't it random how we get obsessed with, like, couples? Like, yeah. people being yeah. together. Actually, and we the, love to follow the winner, their love. No, the, one of the... on. Love Island Australia season two. Can't remember if he won or not, but one of they're all still together. A lot of them. Wow. Yeah. Usually, when you when you come become when you come runner up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens when you come? <laughs> you stay together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was yeah. a come joke. Yeah. yeah. A- <laughs> um. Uh, do you watch The Bachelor or anything? No, I don't. See, I'm I'm so mm. weird. I just love Island. Or just have love you it. seen The Circle on Netflix? No, I haven't even done you that. Like, maybe do that. I... What are you complaining for? You've got because so much watching to do. I just love Island. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You, you, you like I, what you like and you yeah. want what you want. It's good because it. it's trashy. It's those conversations that they have, uh, uh, conversations you have had at one point yeah. with friends, like, drunkenly, like, oh, what do you think it's just so good. Who are you going to couple up with? And and obviously it's really bad. Five times you've had that conversation. <laughs> oh. I'm not talking about me. <laughs> uh, five times that Steve and I have hung out. Yeah, with yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the new host... Mm-hmm. Is great. Laura eh? Whitmore, yeah. Yes, who dates the. Ian Sterling, yeah, the, the boy, narrator. Yeah. Who's oh, a comedian, gorgeous. yeah. 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 The narrator's the best part about it, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, so awesome. It's, I just love losing myself in a series like that. Yes, <laughs> I, I just. really do. I just ch- changed my MS treatments, actually, and on my second round of the new drug. Um, I was pretty much out of it for like a week, and I just watched all of season four. So <laughs> like, good. No, season three. I watched that all of season so three. Intense. Is that with um, so how many hours is that? Oh, loads. It's like fifty episodes, fifty-six <laughs> episodes, because mm. it's one episode a day. It goes for so long, and it's yeah. happening in real time. Yeah. 
It's good. Oh, it's so good. Um, it made me sad that Jack and Danny, like, didn't make it on the outside. Oh. I really thought they were, like, tweet forever, forever. Did you notice that I said all of my eggs in one basket at the beginning of the pod- this yeah. podcast? And that's what they always say. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm going to put my eggs in her basket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so true. It's I love so that. Good. So tell us about how that So Chronic, the podcast, came to be. So this was the brain drama that happened this time last year and essentially they found a lesion on my brain that um, they have no idea what it is. And so they were just sort of throwing around, you know, and they still are like a year, 14 months on, they still no neurologist in the world knows what it is and has ever seen it before. And so they're just kind of like, oh, you know, I've got no idea. And I thought, oh, I can't be the only person that's going through this. And that's when I realized we're not sharing our stories enough Mm. about like our injuries or our illnesses or just our diagnoses. Like we're not actually sharing the ins and outs of it. And especially New Zealand and Australian stories, it's a lot of the podcasts that exist in this sort of realm are really US based Mm. or Canadian based. And so... Yeah, that's how it'll. I was inspired to do wow. it. Wow! And you've been going for a few years. Yeah, no, it's only been a few months, really. I think I started in, in at the end of September. Oh my gosh! It feels like you were just like, bam, it's all here. Yeah. How, where did you start? Did you start reaching out to people and? Yeah, I've got a Google Sheets of people that I would love to have on the podcast. Nice. Yeah, the list. The list. Yeah, yeah, the list. <laughs> and so I reached out to a few people, um, but just with COVID, I wanted it to be really good quality, and I didn't have time to research how to do it online. And I had all the all the stuff and all the equipment, so I really yeah. wanted to do them in person. So we're so lucky and I'm so grateful that we have been able to do in-person episodes in New Zealand so yeah I just reached out to a few people and I've got some really interesting stories on the podcast already and so many more to come so yeah what's some highlights for you oh what do you sort of enjoy in the process I love, love, love learning about all of these diagnoses. Like I would never be able to be a doctor or a nurse or anything like that, but I really, really love this knowledge that I'm getting from researching the actual conditions. And then just, yeah, I just love chatting to people. It's really fun. a parent on this podcast (laughs) because I've been rambling, but I just love it so much. I love that. And do you sort of think about what, sort of areas you would like to go into or is it more like oh that person had this I'll reach out to them it's a bit of both so with um with a lot of like people that I know already that I can sort of call upon to have interviewed um but then sometimes I'm like oh I really want to know about diabetes so I went Mm. on the diabetes nz website read a few of their blog posts and I was like oh Lee Weir the radio DJ for the rock he has type 2 diabetes like drop him a DM, wonder if he wants to be on the podcast, and he did. So it kind of works both ways. Yeah, you've met some and chatted to some really cool people. Yeah. You must have learned a lot about yourself as well through it, sort of hearing other people's stories. There are things you can relate to, and I love that. And what is next for the pod, do you think? What is next? Well, hopefully some sort of funding would be great (laughs) to 
keep pushing out these stories because I think it's really helping people. Like the amount of messages mm. that I get is just phenomenal. Like people that are either sharing their story as well or just talking about how listening to this particular person really helped them. It's really creating this community of people that don't actually see themselves online. And so I would love for some sort of funding to make it a bit more sustainable so that yeah. I could keep doing it to the quality that I'm doing it at the like at the distribution rate that yeah. I'm doing. It's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. Like it's a lot of time and you're doing all your editing yeah. and your social media and all that. Yeah. And you're really, really good at it. Like you are so good at it. Oh, I was listening you. this morning to the breast reduction. Yes, with Mackenzie Norton. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, first of all, it was funny because I had a breast reduction just oh. after Nesta, and I was like, oh, God, this is like her story was exactly my like what yeah. I went through, and it was it was pretty easy. Like she was saying, the recovery was shit, but it was like bloody booking a Christmas ham type situation, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then like, and um. I guess it brought on things that I hadn't thought about in years. And I mean, there's just so many things for people to connect to in your episodes. I guess it's a lot for you to take on as well, hearing all these stories. I'm glad I'm not a hypochondriac because (laughs) I would just be like taking on this disease. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're like, I need a breast reduction. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is my small intestine still? Like, what yeah. is happening? Yeah. Um, so that's so amazing. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know your story, but it's probably something that you were like, well, why would I talk about it? Like, it's just something yeah. that I did. And, and Mackenzie was the same. Like, she didn't know if she wanted to be on the podcast. And I said, you know, there's probably so many people going through this and they don't know whether they should feel like, they feel you feel so much guilt after you get it done, and like she, I just didn't yeah, know. a bit of like yeah. stigma, I guess, around the fact yeah. that being like a plastic surgery. But I think also things like you when you were talking to Haley about PCOS mm-hmm. and your episode about endo, like those conversations are like ones you have with your friends. Yeah. But there's not a massive combo in our sort of like world yeah, or in New totally. Zealand about issues Especially like that. Endo. I was reading an article about mm-hmm. it the other day that it's literally like a health crisis mm-hmm. in New Zealand. Yeah, there are so and, many people. Yeah. yeah and there's that, no that. Uh, information on it. There's people who literally are getting turned away uh, at the hospitals because there's like no space for yeah. them to get treatment. And it's yeah. like, and you would think like it's, it's, it's huge and it's horrible for the people going through it. But it, it seems as if it should be something that is just like really yeah. and, and well, not imagine, an easy fix. Being but diagnosed with endo and being like, finally, this is going to get fixed or this is going to yeah. be easier for me. And then going through the public health system, they being like, we can't see you. Yeah. Sorry. And the problem with endometriosis is that you need the lap surgery mm. to get diagnosed. So they're not even being diagnosed. Mm, yeah. They're just in this excruciating pain. And the thing is, there's no, like, there's like, okay, well, you could do this and you'll feel better. Like, oh, if you have a baby, then you might feel better. Or you could get a hysterectomy and you'd feel better. But actually not, it's actually not the case to anyone that I know. No, and that's not actually how it works when you start researching and learning about it. The amount of research that's gone and funding that's gone into fucking erectile dysfunction. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You should have with erectile dysfunction on. It's like how (laughs) New Zealand's run out of the contraceptive pill, like quite a few of them, and it's like, 
wait, why is nobody talking yeah. about this? Yeah. That's crazy. It's, it's so important. And, like, even, like, hearing more about your, like, you talking with people who have MS as well, like, again, it's something that, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, MS, but I don't really actually know mm. what it is. And it's just a way of connecting. Like, people yeah. want to understand their fr- what their friends are going through more. Yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if you feel like this, but I feel like maybe having some sort of illness, whether it be, like, neurological, physical, mental, whatever, it can be quite lonely. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So having a platform where you can just listen to someone talk about um, anything, yeah. really. And people are realising that their problems are existing like maybe it's actually a system it's a failure in the new zealand health system oh my god the um the fibro episode that i was listening to of yours this morning Mm -hmm. my mom has fibromyalgia she got uh turned away so many times before someone would believe that she was in pain and she's the type of person being like oh maybe i'm not in pain yes yeah you know maybe i'm actually not yeah and then when you're told so many times yeah yeah. it's like what are you supposed to do so that was really like interesting that this uh what was it oh bianca yeah she had felt the same thing yeah like oh my god i'm actually going crazy yeah i'm like not in pain but i am yeah (laughs) yeah how do you deal with like your mental health in relation to your ms is it Hard, like, is it sometimes hard to? Yeah, I think the I I don't have depression, and I don't think I ever have had depression. You know, touch all the wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do get anxiety. Not um, my anxiety isn't. I haven't had to treat it with medication, but mm. I do definitely get anxious about things, and I think uh, the hardest part about MS is that I don't. I've realized this the other day, actually, like it's still just a journey. I've been diagnosed for six years now and I'm still like uncovering mm. and learning things, but I don't actually ever think of my future. Like I don't people, I might have plans for things that I want to do. Like I really want to go to India one day, but I've never actually like, I don't picture my future mm. because I just can't, like, I don't know how I look in that future. And so it really does force you to be more present And so I think that that can be really bad for my mental health of just getting so anxious and depressed, well, like sad that I don't want to throw the word depressed around when I'm not, but like anxious and overwhelmed and sad about Mm. that that fact. But then also because it forces you to be in the present, that really helps with keeping grounded and yeah. And saying on top of things, I think. I love that. It's like a roundabout way of answering. But. No, but I mean, it's so important to check in with yourself in day-to-day life, no matter what you're going through, and then throw some like something as big as what you've been through. It's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. I and can imagine. we really have no idea what's going to happen to us tomorrow. And I've learned that because I've had things happen to me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and they haven't been very ideal. Um, just with a whole bunch of things that have happened. But I think um, 
it is really, really hard, especially when you've been diagnosed with something, to come to terms with the fact that anything could happen to anyone tomorrow. Mm. But maybe there's like some more statistical probability that like something bad could more happen to you. <laughs> so that can be really hard to yeah. come to terms with. I don't have the answer for it. I don't know. You just I, have to live in the present. Yeah. And, yeah. Go back to your. Just live your best life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Shall we say the mantra? We shall say the mantra. Do, Do you, you want, want to say the mantra? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, but you can if you want to. Oh, I'm here for this. Okay, okay, yay. <laughs> 2001 to 2008, there ain't a song that we hate. Yay. That's so good. It's really gorgeous. Please. Oh, my God. Jess, what song are you adding to our playlist? I would like to add, if you'll let me. Yes. Now You're Gone by Bass Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Absolutely, yes. So, you know how I mentioned before that Jonas is Swedish? Yes. I don't know about you guys, but I had no idea that Bass Hunter is a Swedish band. What? So, yes, I knew this. Okay, yeah. so the other day, I'm just trying to, like, compile this blog post of how to travel from home when you can't travel at the moment. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll make a Spotify playlist of songs from around the world. And I messaged Jonas on WhatsApp, and I'm like, what's a banger that if you, like, <laughs> go to a party and they're all our age and you play this song, like, everyone is going to like get into it and he sent me the youtube for now you're gone by bass hunter all in swedish and i was just like what the fuck that would go off in new zealand but we have the english version how did i not know that we didn't have the original yes so bass hunter toured new zealand yes we when, both went yeah. separately. <laughs> it's a different. You went to Christchurch. Yeah. I went to Wellington. Yeah, and the concert was basically Bass Hunter doing "Now You're Gone" acoustic version. <laughs> now you're gone English version. Yeah. Now you're gone Swedish version. He literally did, and he had one other track, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was literally a "Now oh, You're Gone" review <laughs> of Bass Hunter. So uh, we went, and it was one of our friends had turned eighteen. So it was for her eighteenth birthday. Yeah. We all went. They. Uh, put us up in a really nice hotel and we like all wore matching outfits and there was a dance. So there was a dance that some girls, I think it, Timaru Girls High had created, but we (laughs) stole it. And and then it was the Now You're Gone dance. Oh my God, I could, I could become TikTok famous with it. (gasps) I still remember it. Bring it back. Yeah. Is it TikTok? Now Adjacent? Gone. No, oh my God, it it's is. Not it is. <laughs> well, I'm sitting down. Oh we'll film this. You can't see it, but we have to film it and put it on the Instagram. <laughs> I was just literally like, um, that it's guy like who does the, from Bring I It On. Go. I can't go. Oh, yeah, it's, these are not spirit fingers. These are spirit fingers. It's very him. Oh yeah, God. it's good. It's really good. Maybe it was oh. girls from Geraldine we stole it from. Anyway. Yeah. Bass Hunter. And the, the concert went off. It really did. Wow. That was one of the first times I um, had party pills when BZP oh, was legal. I never had party pills. Neither. Really? Really? BZP was fucking cool. Really? It was so was fun. It? Really? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Hands down, BZP was awesome. <laughs> How was it legal? I don't no way, because yeah, it was how, way more um, fun we, than the fake party pills. So after BZP got taken off the market, yeah. they started releasing these like herbal party pills, and yeah. they fucked you up. Uh, they were they were horrible. It's just like literal poison in a can. Yeah, 
And yet we still can't have marijuana. <laughs> yeah. Girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what not that you don't not that you like thinking about the future, but what's happening in the next little while for you? What's happening in the next little while? Well, I'm currently on a big road trip. I'm moving yeah. all of my stuff down to Christchurch, well to Mum and Dad's in Fairley. Uh normally I have a storage unit in Auckland because I'm in and out of Auckland all the time, but now with COVID, maybe that's not happening. So I don't know. We like COVID is just still so among us, isn't it? Like, yeah, especially for you when your job is like international. Yeah, and I've got a niece over in Australia that I really want to go and see, and I just yeah, it's it's hard. But Jonas just got his visa. Haven't actually really told many people, but this is the announcement. This is the announcement. <laughs> Jonas will be coming back to New Zealand. Yeah, so fantastic. Will so. he do the festival as well? Buses no, fest? he's not allowed uh, to work on this visa, so it's just uh, no working. So no shows for Jonas. Um, but yeah, we'll probably get a little place in Christchurch and nest for a little bit. I feel like we are going to do now what everybody did back in March yeah. <laughs> where they like committed <laughs> to where they were going to wait out the pandemic. Yeah. And we were like, maybe it'll open again. <laughs> I'm really optimistic. Cute. So, yeah. That will be fun. And then he's been to Christchurch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Fit right he's in. met everyone. Yeah. He's in the group. So it's good. Yay. Yeah. And then I've got a couple of festivals happening in January in Christchurch. Um, and then I am in Wellington, Yay. hanging out with you guys, yes. doing some stuff for the Fringe Festival. And then another pivot, because I'm just pivoting <laughs> left, right, and body centre She at the can't moment. tap, but she can pivot. <laughs> yeah. I she think can't tap. <laughs> I want to be a snowboard instructor. So maybe oh, for wow. winter I will do my snowboard level one. Can you snowboard? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I cannot. <laughs> but I will. Yeah. But I'll teach people. Yeah. That's great. Those and who can't do teach. <laughs> you actually didn't need to know how to snowboard to teach snowboard. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simple as yoga. <laughs> That's so cool. So yeah. somewhere near Fairly or maybe? Yeah, yeah, you can do your level one all over the place. So hopefully just do that and then maybe get a job. I don't know. Wow. Wow, that's exciting. My, oh, actually, will I say it? Yes, I will say it. Don't think people, who's, who's listening? Who's in, no one's going to steal this idea Only Tom Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm convinced that obviously because the borders are closed, they're not going to be able to get as many instructors into the country. Yeah. So maybe they'll have a shortage and they'll need to hire me. Yes, yeah. yes. But if everyone does that, then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I no. I don't know if that many people know how to snowboard. Yeah, yes. it's something I just take for granted because I grew up on a mountain. Yeah. So. I'm sure you know people who might be able to get your foot in the door. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> just show up and be like, yeah, I work here. Where's the, where's the yeah. break room? Yeah, where's, where's my, my jacket? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fake it till you make it. Oh. Always, Literally. and that's gossip. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming to join us. We want everyone to go and follow you and follow That's So Chronic. So you are Jess Bryan on Instagram with yep. a lot of S's. Four S's, yep. And That's So Chronic mm-hmm. on Instagram. Listen to That's So Chronic. It's amazing, and I oh, am you. loving it, and I can't wait to hear more. Yay. And 
follow us on Instagram too. That would be yeah. nice. At um, Kickons Pod. At Kickons Pod. You're really good at doing all your pimping at the end of your episode. <laughs> I, I was like, oh. and you sound. Do you like... want me to pimp you guys? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> all right. So I'm not prepared. Have anything written down? <laughs> okay, we can. Thank you for listening to this episode <laughs> of Kickons the pop culture podcast when you're not ready for the party to end. Great. If you enjoyed this episode, remember that the best way to promote a podcast is through word of mouth. Yes. So tell all of your friends if you loved this episode, <laughs> share it with them, send it on a Facebook message. Uh, if you didn't enjoy the episode, don't tell, tell someone that you don't like <laughs> and they can suffer through it the same as you do. Uh, we are at Kickons Pod on Instagram. Give yes. us a follow. Give us a DM. We love to hear please, from it. Please. Subscribe, leave a review, and have a lovely evening. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. I think that's the hangover that for the so week as well. Unless you have a pearly word of wisdom. Oh, a pearly word, a word of wisdom. <laughs> I think everyone, you should just live a life that you would be proud of if Dr. Ashley Bloomfield was going to read it out on live <laughs> national television. And I'm oh, really I love that. That so is true. the dream. And I'm so proud that I went to three shows last weekend yeah. and I recorded this podcast. So just live a good life. We should get a kick-ons QR oh. code. You should. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna make it happen. I saw what there was one for the Auckland Marathon oh where god, you had amazing. to check in at the end. <gasps> I've got a really good idea. Oh, tell us. Okay. <laughs> so this might be a little bit controversial and potentially illegal. <laughs> sure. But what we do is we get a kick ons QR code and we put it in the middle of the COVID <laughs> app. Like in the middle of the COVID posters. So we say COVID scan in before you enter this building, but it's actually the kick on this QR code. Oh, it takes it to the episode. Yes. To the Apple yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it takes you straight to the Apple Podcast. Um, <laughs> and it doesn't sign So we somehow have to code a QR. Yeah. To scan in. We like, for example, I actually might know some coders. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, we just go into like, say, like, uh, hey St. Piers, uh, I'm I'm from COVID New Zealand, <laughs> and COVID. there are there are updated there are updated posters. I just want to say COVID New Zealand, <laughs> um, and just want to say Elbow like, touch. Yeah. Hey, I'm from New Zealand. Um, you need to take down your QR code. We actually have some new posters. Oh, We're just yeah. uh, dishing them out to everyone. Uh, thank you for your time. If you could hang this up. Um, Bye. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Definitely not legal, but we'll roll with it. Like good genius, idea. Yeah. Good There's idea. a doco series yeah. just in the making. Yeah. Right. They didn't know for 10 years. <laughs> no idea. Thanks, Jess. Bye. 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 Bye.